Meanwhile, I got a That's handful of cards. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, she said, don't call back if you don't win. So, hey, you know. <laughs> no doggos. No doggos for camp tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Let's Be Best Friends, a podcast where I talk to people that I barely know and try and convince them to be my new best friends because in times like these, who needs enemies? Today on the show, we have the creator of the Black Wrestling Coalition, the creator of the South Congress podcast and regular contributor to PW Torch, the only man to survive being Twitter's main character of the day, Cameron Hawkins, aka Seahawk. Oh, gosh, I did. I survived twice. It's crazy. You did it, man. You are a fucking inspiration. I got to say it. Oh, man. I mean, when when you when you're not wrong, it's easy to tweet through it. You know, like like I'm not going to pay for other people's mistakes. I work too hard, man. Yeah, yeah it's cool. You are the king of tweeting through it. Like like I the, the main one of the main things that kind of I think saw you blow up a little bit recently was getting canceled twice and you are the king of literally just sitting there and just like i'm not gonna stop most people most people would just like go into the dark night for a little bit and come back yeah. in like a week and you're like nah i'm gonna roast i'm just gonna roast kids on the tl until i feel better yeah people were like like are you like man you gotta you should just take a day off i'm like for what like <laughs> one like like this is this platform is super cool like it'd be really fun but it's also not real like these aren't <laughs> These people don't pay me. They don't feed me. I don't clothe them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's cool to be a part of the club, but it's like the, the worst thing that can happen. Like, if I said something really egregious and like, you know, you send it to like my supervisor or something, like, look, camera says this, this and that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like that's different. But like, one, I work for a college. Like, <laughs> you can kind of do what you want to do. Yeah. As long as it's not detrimental to like the integrity of the school so you know you can joke around you can have fun but like nah man it's you know twitter is going to have like you said it's gonna have a main character every day the goal is not to be the main character the best thing is you're rarely the main character for two days in a row people people who really care are still there for you people who don't forget or at least push it to the side for long enough right yeah What's it like? So what's it like for you if you you kind of have like you almost have like a Batman thing going on. You have like your normal kind of day to day thing. And then you have a, like this big Twitter following. You know, you're doing wrestling trials at night and then you're in college yeah. the next day. What's that like for you? Yeah, it's. um, Whew, it, it can be a <laughs> bit much sometimes because like my um, and I, I've said this probably like I'm a college advisor. So mm-hmm. I have like a caseload of like. 500, 600 students Jesus. who are always asking me, you know, I need help with classes. I need help with transferring. I need my major changes. Yeah. And, that. Um, and then, you know, when I'm like literally not doing that, you know, I'm in front of thousands of people saying things. I think the thing that's easy about it, though, even though it's gotten me in trouble once or twice, <laughs> like my approach to talking to people and about things is typically the same mm-hmm. when I'm either... Uh, you know, on the Twitter machine, on social media, or when I'm talking to students. So it's, um, yes, you're always the main character when you're in charge of kids, right? Yeah. They're they're college kids. But no, I I don't feel like I have to switch up too much. Like, that's still my personality. It's still kind of the way I talk. The Mm -hmm. conversations and topics may change, but it's still me. Not too different. Does it ever, like, does it ever worry you, that concept? Like, do you ever worry that a student's going to come up to you and call you Seahawk? (laughs) Um, so... (laughs) 
it's this is what I'm more worried about, right? right? Yeah. Um, it being a college, anybody can be any age, right? You know what I mean? So, like, I went to um, I was at a bar like two months ago, mm-hmm. you know, at, at brunch, go figure, right? <laughs> and the uh, classic, the Seahawk brunch, yeah. Yeah, and I meet this girl. We start talking about uh, weight training, mm-hmm. and you know, we change numbers. We talk on social media, this and that. Mm-hmm. And then, like last week, she was like, "Oh, you're my advisor," and I was like, "Oh," <laughs> and you were like, "Delete oh. number, block on Twitter." <laughs> yeah, and it was like, "Yeah, no, no, no." The nature of this relationship must change immediately. Yeah. Um, but that, that's that's the bigger thing. It's um, yeah, like locally. Not too worried about it because yeah. nobody in your city uses Twitter. I don't care what city you're from, right? <laughs> they don't know you from that. Um, it was more like when we go out of town, like when we were at Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, and then we did like uh, JCW and GCW. Right. That was weird. People coming up to me knowing who I was. Right. That was kind of the thing. But that's it's a different environment. So no, like between between the hours of eight and five, you know me from work. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But again, it's a, not a danger, but an interesting thing working in the college is, you know, they can be 18 to 80. So yeah. you never know who you're going to run into. That's so funny. I love the idea that someone's like, hey, ooh, <laughs> you're my college advisor. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so before we get too deep into it, I do want to touch on the Comic-Con thing, because that's something I'm really interested in talking to you about. But uh, here on Let's Be Best Friends, if this is your first time watching at home or listening at home, of course... Cam, I know this is your first time being on the show. Uh, we like to make the conversation as cool, comfortable, and calm as possible. And I like to do that by doing some kind of activity with the guest. And this time, we went back and forth a little bit. And you made like kind of like a passing joke about an Uno deck. And I was like, actually, playing Uno, like playing cards, is one of the best ways to just like chill and talk. Absolutely. So I found this very cool, very chill uh, way to play Uno online for free. Um, and we're gonna play a little bit of Uno. Um, do you have like a do you have like a long history of Uno? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I like you know you, you come from a large black family and right. cards are played all the time. Like I grew up uh, in Southern Maryland, and my uh, my mother's side, my father's side went to school together. Like right. all growing up. So my father has three brothers and sisters. My mother has 10 brothers and sisters. And Holy so, shit. <laughs> yeah. And it was always, and my grandfather has um, a daughter from a marriage before he met my grandmother. Right. And so, you know, that's like older family who has her whole own family. Right? Yeah. Jesus. So no, we used to get together at my uh, maternal grandparents' house mm-hmm. and it was just, yeah, it's cards, it's horseshoes, it's dominoes, like, like just going every weekend with uh, people cracking crabs on newspaper. Like, that's just what the game oh, is. So, yeah. A long history with cards. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm no good at, like, any real card game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can play Blackjack. I can play poker. But Uno, Uno's my shit. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> Uno yeah. is the card game for people who don't give a shit about card games. Like, <laughs> Uno is that game no matter how old you are. I'm always down to bust out the Uno deck. We, uh, up here in Canada, we have this uh, chain called Pizza Pizza. And for a while, they were offering like a free Uno deck if you mm-hmm. bought a pizza. And it was literally like the ittiest, bittiest deck. It was, I swear to God, like this big. They give you like 13 cards? <laughs> like the, it's a full deck, but it's so small. Like it's like, it's like, like width wise. I, I can't describe it. It's so goddamn small. And I you was got like. one draw, two. <laughs> yeah. It was like, how. 
how did anyone think that this made sense? I have a I have a nuts turn here. I'm so sorry. What the fuck? I just had a fucking I just had a very good <laughs> Oh man, that's fucked up too. I got a <laughs> man. Okay. All right. Okay. I see what the game is. It's no, a... I cannot keep going. You're gonna you, what you're doing is you're hosting me to sleep, is what you're doing. <laughs> oh man, good God. <laughs> hammered over here i swear it's if it helps i got nothing now i'm completely fucked until good right good. <laughs> this shit let's go ah shit uh hey, so you man, say you had like man. a really big family do you have like a lot of siblings or so uh not really <clears throat> um i have so like one of these families are big right i am my only uh the only child from my my mother and father oh damn okay my uh my brother uh his birthday is actually tomorrow my or is it the next day? I don't know. His brother, his birthday coming up. My brother will be uh, twenty nine. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, he'll be twenty nine. Now, my mother and my stepfather. I have my sister, and she's two months younger than my brother, so she'll be twenty nine in two months. Okay. Um, and then I have two stepsisters as well. Oh, we don't really count them. I mean, they, I, I guess now <laughs> they're they right. have like kids, but no, it's really just uh, <laughs> as far as growing up, as far as like relationships go. Mm-hmm. Me, my sister, and my brother are really close. Like, yeah. I stayed with my brother in D.C. when I was going to New York. So, yeah. Oh, nice. Are those close? I always thought D.C. was like... I'm I'm Canadian. I don't... American geography is a mystery to me. I thought D.C. was on the west side. So, D.C. is like literally the mid-Atlantic, right? It's okay. almost like right there in the middle. Okay. But, um, New York is a three-and-a-half-hour bus trip. So, I was like... Oh, okay. I could stay in D.C. for free and right. see my family... Take the bus up to New York, take it back, and fly in and out of DC. So that's right. what I ended up doing. So you took the bus from DC to Comic Con. I took the bus. I mean, technically, I took the bus from DC to Comic Con. Yeah, and then um, when I like, I did Comic Con that day, and then myself and people who were on the panel, different mm-hmm. creators, we all went to dinner, hanging out all night, mm-hmm. and then uh, myself and. Uh, Kanisha, uh, who is a lovely Laveau on Twitter, a fantastic jewelry creator, mm-hmm. we actually stayed with uh, Faye Jackson for a couple of days. Oh, okay. Uh, retired wrestler Faye Jackson. She's so sweet. So she lives in Jersey. So we stayed with her when we went to the GCW and uh, JCW shows. Mm-hmm. And then um, I went from Jersey back to New York, then took the bus back from New York to DC. Damn. You like... You seem like the busiest dude on the planet. Like, I don't know how you actually manage it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not busy. I'm not, I'm fake busy, man. Like, I, the job takes up a lot of time. But yeah, for it's sure. also, like, it's literally an eight to five, mm-hmm. right? And so my days are typically free, you know, after that, um, I try to, you know, try to get a workout in after work. Yeah. Um, and then, like, so this week, for example. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're talking about being busy, right? This yeah. week, I did Wade Keller's podcast on Monday. Right. On Tuesday, um, I, sh- I think I streamed something on Tuesday. Yesterday, I did, uh, as a matter of fact, I did Wade Keller's show, and I did my man True God's show, because he's um, doing some podcasts leading up to a couple of albums he's dropping. Nice. Cool. Shout out. On... Tuesday night, I don't know. I, I know. I think I was on stream. Somebody can tell me if I was. Or I wasn't. <laughs> Last night, uh, myself and I don't know. I don't even know what to call him, man. You call him like the Super Six. Um, it's you know 
myself, J Rose, uh, Alexis Littlefoot, uh, Shug Dunkerton, who says that the Jericho Cruise is still not taken off, by the way. Um, and, and Kenesha, we're all in a group chat uh, doing the Black Wrestling Draws thing. Oh, and cool. So, yeah, we streamed uh, Black Girl Magic last night with the blessing of IWTV. They let me stream that. That was mm-hmm. really fun. Um, normally on Wednesday nights is when Travis and I do the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast cast. Mm-hmm. He actually got a real job now. And so we have to like reconfigure when we're going to do the show. Cause they're like, he was like, oh, I just need Wednesdays off. They're like, we don't do that. You don't yeah. just get Wednesday. You can't just take a full um, day off in the middle of the week. <laughs> exactly. So he's sorting that out. Um, and typically on Thursday or Friday night is when I'll do my stream. So, you know, it, busy is relative. Like I like the stuff that I do. Yeah. Like, this is fun. You're like, you're just talking to people and you're kicking it back and forth like this is great i love doing this so you know um one thing i did have to do though um mm-hmm. in order to make this happen i had to cut back on the writing um, yeah okay yeah south congress <clears throat> originally started as a uh what color is it is it blue blue yeah okay i need to get, yeah, I, need to get I need to get some cards off my hand man there we go um yeah originally started as like just a blog where we were writing right and uh basically the uh you know the mike brown murder happened and i just kind of lost the i lost the passion for writing that's why Mm -hmm. we started the podcast because i was like i still want to talk about stuff guess what uno baby Ah, um i still want to talk about stuff but god damn it (laughs) let's see oh let's see okay so now I gotta. Oh, got him! Yo, what the fuck? Got him! Uh, um, but Cam didn't call Uno. Oh, I didn't hit the. Damn, I didn't hit the button. Oh Ooh. well, we get these four cards. Ain't that about a bitch? Okay. Uh, no, 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 no. So we were um yeah we switched over to the podcast right it was it was going great and then my man uh my man peanut uh guy rest his soul jumped on there with me and it was going great and what happened was i think i had written uh a piece for the torch Mm -hmm. about uh it was when kofi kingston was about to win the title right okay and i basically like wrote a thing about how Vince has always kind of looked for this great black athlete, um, mm-hmm. like all American black athlete. Like you look at what he did with the rock. Um, you look at what he tried to do with Ahmed Johnson. Mm-hmm. Look what he did with Mark Henry, you know, the attempt with Shelton Benjamin. And I think he really like has that. And he has it with Biggie. Mm-hmm. He has it with uh, Bianca Belair at this point. That's mm-hmm. something he was always kind of shooting for. And so my thing was, um, you know, appreciating Kofi as being like a regular guy. Now Kofi is hyper athletic, but he right. doesn't have the background of, I played football at X college and was an all American and here I am to save the day. You know, he was different. And it was just about um, acknowledging that, you know, black wrestlers like black people are not a monolith. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, You know, we live and breathe and exist. Got him. Um, In, you know, the real world, we can all be different. Um, We can all rock with each other. So when that happened, um, I think it kind of got eyes on my writing and people were like, you need to write more, you need to write more. So um, I started writing for fan side at DDT. Okay. Yeah. And I did um I did a piece on the NWA and Jim Cornette. 
And it was really about how, like, they shouldn't have fired Jim Cornette. Like, you know who you hired? It's your job to produce him the right way. Wow. Okay. Um, that's a that's a, that's a a big take. Because th- this is about the commentary thing that happened, right? Uh, that exactly. Was a while exactly. ago. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting mm-hmm. take. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, he's he's... People love him for who he is, but mm-hmm. everybody has to be reeled in and reined in at some point. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's just things that don't fly anymore. And on a pre-taped show, it's up to you to have the right people in the room who can look at it and say, no, nah, we got to fix this. I forgot it was you know pre-taped. What a, what a fucking event, man. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, you, you can you can easily Google it. You can literally Google, like, probably Jim Cornette. Yeah, like, and really simply, like it was, um, it <clears> was <throat> Trevor Murdoch, and I forget who he was in a match with. But he said something along the lines of um, somebody's going after him like uh, like a bucket of chicken in Africa. Like if he was on a motorcycle with a bucket of chicken oh, in Africa. It's like, ooh. Yeah, it's like you got you to gotta understand Christ. like the world a little bit better, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I wrote that. And then I had, um, I had another thing I did with them that I think did well. But mm-hmm. what happened was that's where the time comes in, man. Like writing a piece, um, I, I can do it every couple of months. Yeah. But you know the way fan side is set up, and and God bless them. Like I'm still under the umbrella. Like there's nothing against them. But mm-hmm. you know they work on kind of a volume scale. And yeah. There's, like they do, you know, <clears throat> your top ten list and should this wrestler do this match and here's how I felt about this and that's all great. Mm-hmm. That's never what I signed up for. Like yeah. it was for me to do. I got this idea that I need to get out. So let me workshop it for a few weeks mm-hmm. and write it and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and go from there. Yeah. You- um, and, and again, that's not really what they do. And it was like, well, I can't work at the clip that they want mm-hmm. and still put out what I think is good. So I, it's been, you know, a year plus since I did anything for them. And I'm, you know, they, they are good to where I can always just jump back in. That's never a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're cool. But um, like, I uh, I wanted to write for PWI. I wanted to do an end of the year thing for PWI. Okay. The end of last year, and it was just the deadline was too close. And Kevin was really cool. Um, you know, he came to me in the summer. He's like, "Yo, Cam, um, yeah, you still trying to do something?" I said, "Yeah." He's like, "All right, here are a couple of topics." And he was like, "I want you to um, see if you can reach out to Alley Cat, um, okay, about her." Uh, changing her persona over to Alley Catch. Like, that would be, like, a cool thing to write about. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is, and this is not intended to be a flex, but, you know, things exist to be what they are. Yeah. He was like, uh, he was like, yo, if you want me to, I can reach out to her from the official PWI <clears throat> account. I was like, nah, baby, you good. I yeah, don't worry, I got phone. that one. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing was, I was already good with Faye Jackson. Okay. You know, um, so you had that connection there then. Yeah, yeah, we had already been talking. And I think it was, I don't think me and Faye had hung out yet because she actually came down to Austin and we did, we did brunch and it was really fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was like, yo, can you hire an alley cat for me? Mm-hmm. And I may have already been friends with another person she knows. Um, and it was like, yeah, I was like, you know, she knew who I was. Um, we got to talking, you know, we both went to University of Texas. And, nice. You know, we the same actually. people. And so, yeah, so it made yeah. it work. And so- we did an interview and I took a couple of days to sit down and write. And so, yeah, writing is the thing that has to get sacrificed when we do like all this audio and video. Yeah. It's still fun, but that's the part that gets kind of pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, well, cause writing is such a, it's, it's one of those things that like, like this, when we're just talking and chilling like this, like you said, this is easy. Like we're literally sitting here playing Uno and like talking mm-hmm. to microphones. Right. But 
writing like there's I, I feel like there's almost like a uh there's almost like like this 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 concept that writing is like a higher form of media right like mm-hmm. writing is such an old thing and everyone thinks that they know how to write and the, everyone knows how to read to some extent so it's like everyone will read this and they will either try and pick it apart or they will like, you know, if you've got too many spelling errors, people just aren't going to read it. So you got to sit there and like edit it over and over and over again. Yeah. It's, and especially when we're talking about writing about wrestling, Yeah, here's, here's the thing about writing about wrestling. Wrestling fans fucking suck. Yes. Yes, they do. (laughs) Yes, they do. Because they're not, a lot of people are looking to be famous. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of people, not, and not only looking to be famous, they're looking to be friends with the wrestlers. They're looking for approval from the wrestlers, mm-hmm. right? And so anything you say that seems to be against a wrestler or or simply not in favor of them, mm-hmm. um, it ends up, or anybody in the business, it ends up getting picked apart to where you don't know what you're talking about. You're nobody. How dare you? Like stuff like that. Yeah. And it's it's tough because... You know, we have a, uh, what is it called? What's the the work group chat called? Like Slack? Slack. Yeah, yeah. yeah we have Slack. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I'm shocking anybody by saying this, but most of your wrestling sites, most of them, mm-hmm. even if the people who own them are not, most of the writers are going to lean pretty far left. Right. It's just the way it is, right? Yeah. And so, like, we'll get in there and start talking about situations that happen, and a lot of it is similar thinking. And we encourage each other, like, yeah, write that. That's going to be dope. Like, yeah. Like, this needs to be said. And then you put it out there, and the guy who voted on the other side, <laughs> he reads it, and then is talking to you crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so it's it's a lot of that. Um, and like anything else, but writing more specifically, you put so much into it Yeah. that when somebody who can't write talks about your writing you get so upset yeah like, it's a very like personal you can't thing. even do this yeah like yeah it's it's um like working at a college one thing you find out is um people can get all a's in high school mm-hmm. when you ask them to write an essay mm-hmm. they they they're in the headlights man yeah like they really are in the headlights um and reading comprehension like is not the easiest thing. Like when they start seeing words they don't know put into uh you know paragraphs they're not familiar with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it, it's it's a lot. It's absolutely a lot. Um it's it's rewarding like nothing else because you get to say, like, again, I I've done podcasts for <clears throat> 10 years, give or take, because I've done Damn. stuff with uh yeah, because the torch uh East Coast cast. I started listening to that in 09. I think I, I became a part of it like 11 or 12, right? Wow. So I've been okay, doing yeah. like a weekly show every week for almost 10 years. You're tenured, man. You get you get the yeah. wrestling fan severance package with this all done. Yeah, seriously, man. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, so, you know, you do, um, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Um, been doing that part for 10, oh, this is what I wanted to say. Yeah. I've been doing that for 10 years. My mother doesn't care that I'm on a radio show, like an internet radio show. She could give one fuck about that. She does not care. Um, wait, can I say fuck on here? That's okay. Absolutely. You can cuss as much Fantastic. as you want, brother. She don't care about that. Like, yeah. um, the thing with her was like, you know, it, it's how old are you? How old am I? 25. Yes. 25. Okay. Yeah. 
So I'm 35, right? So here's wow. the thing. I bought cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. I bought VHSs, right? But I also watched those things go away. Right. That's the thing. Like, <clears throat> I, you know, went from that to CDs to DVDs to Blu-ray. Um, yeah, like I, I'm to digital. Like I've been there for that whole stretch. Yeah. And, you know, getting like older and, and going to school like during those times. So I'm so familiar with it. Like, but my mom, like, she's not going to a website to listen to a radio show. No, like for anybody. no fucking for no nothing, shot. Right? No, absolutely not. Yeah. So, you know, I've been doing this for, for years and, you know, she was like, it's cool that you do that stuff. Like, yeah. that's great. But when, uh, when the Comic-Con thing happened, she saw it on like on an official website, mm -hmm. this big thing where all these celebrities are going to be at. And then she calls me and she's like, Cameron, do you know that everybody on, on, you're on the panel with are either current wrestlers or former wrestlers or working wrestling? I'm like, yes, mother. These are my peers. And yeah. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mom, I've been doing this like, for 10 years. Yeah. But now it's real to her. So this is what happened. Yeah. So when I did the, uh, the, was it your turn or mine? Oh, I think it's your think turn. It's <laughs> Fine. Oh, let me draw a damn card. Um, but uh, <clears throat> oh, got your ass. But no, so that was cool to her. And then when we did the uh, when we did the PWI, I could I they give you two of them for free. I said send them both to my mother's house. Nice. That's like, a nice. And move. so now, like, she always has that thing where she can say, okay, here's proof that Cameron's actually doing something. Like she has something she can put like on a wall. She has something she can put in a safe. Like it's yeah, great. yeah. And I do remember laser disc, by the way. Somebody in the chat, my man Chris asked me about laser disc. I remember <laughs> being so ambitious. Did you ever actually use them? Cause cause I okay, like I'm a younger, but I was mm. around for like like my parents were like tape collectors and tape like mm. I have a VHS collection literally like right over here. Mm. Laser discs, I always thought were kind of a rich man's game. Did you have like the laser disc setup and the player and all that? Absolutely not. Yeah. I did not have a laser disc, but uh, what I did have was uh, went to a magnet school, and so <laughs> they got the laser disc, and so we were watching mad nature videos on the, on the laser disc. Yeah, that's so okay. Was it good at all? Because the only laser disc I've ever seen, I was at a flea market a couple years ago. And they had a, a laser disc of, I think it was Terminator 2. And it okay. was this fucking, I mean, it's huge. It's a, it's a disaster. It's a, like a medium pizza-sized disc that mm. contains a movie. Was it yeah, no, good I mean, at all? It was the, but that's the thing. It was the best technology at the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So good or bad, it was, you know, it, it's, what, it's what was working the best. But I also like, you know what Microfish is? No. Okay. So, uh... I was, I, you know, until, um, probably until college, man, I love school. Like school was great um, because school was the thing where you could show up, mm -hmm. um, you'd learn stuff. You could almost talk as much as you want, as long as you made good grades, mm -hmm. you could play sports and you could hang out with girls. Like <laughs> school was great. Um, so when I was like young, young, yeah. Um, when we used to do projects, we'd go to the library and use microfish. So basically, what that is is, imagine like the phone's probably too big. Imagine something quarter of the size of the phone. Right? Okay, Jesus. Okay. You put it under a microscope, and it is 
full on newspaper articles that you read through the lenses. It's like I a, thought it was the coolest shit. It's like a, what are those? Like a Viewmaster, but for essentially, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was like. I, I man, I, I had a Viewmaster with Mad Sesame Street on it. it oh, me too. I had the, I had the yeah. Disney. I, I think it was Lion King. It was Lion King or Tarzan? I had one of those. Yeah, no, it was it was great. Yeah, um, yeah, in micro. I used to be in the library for hours, man, reading these articles about your World War Twos and your Industrial Revolutions, all that, man. It was a great time for sure. So, what's it like for you then? Because like it must be weird because you've seen all these um, different medias kind of come and go, and now mm. you're working with students to where like even in high school now, every every kid's got an iPad and they can just mm-hmm. like you know do whatever the fuck they want, like. Even I remember having to get books to read to cite for essays. Like, mm. <laughs> so what's it like for you, like helping these helping these kids and them being like, like I don't fucking go to a library. Well, like, <laughs> here's the here's the issue, mm. right? So, students, college students, mm-hmm. do not use computers unless you force them to. Really? Okay, so. Um, I'll spend basically uh, half my day with my specific caseload of five, 600 students, right? Sure. The other half of the day, I'm on our advising helpline. Okay. 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 And so just for example, a student will call, hey, I need to drop my English comp two class. Mm-hmm. I need to pick up uh, a history class. And I also want to plan my schedule for the next semester. Mm-hmm. You say, okay. Right. Um, are you in front of a computer currently? And they say, no, but I have my phone. <laughs> okay. That, okay. But the problem is the technology <laughs> advanced too far. Yeah. To where, and, and that, it just, it's such a headache because like, even, you know, even though phones can do just about everything, most mm-hmm. college systems are built for computers. Yeah, they're not uh, built for mobile. They didn't use Squarespace. Yeah. And they're specifically built for Chrome. Um, mm-hmm. and most, most people, even if they, most people have iPhones, well, right. I, I don't even know if most people have iPhones. Most people I deal with have iPhones yeah. and most people who have iPhones do not have Chrome because right. they don't have a use for it. Right. Yeah, and so it's just, and, and like they do the, the Puff Daddy thing with the guy, uh, when he was on that show where Puff Daddy kind of stares and the guy kind of stares. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> get your, yeah, I'm like, get your ass to a computer. Like, come yeah. on, like make this easy on everybody. Um, but no, like I, being, you know, 35 ain't young, but it's also, like I've had to grow with the technology. Mm-hmm. Most of the kids, it's not too much of an adjustment. It's teaching them the systems. You know right. what I mean? Like, and once they have the system down, it's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Older students, however, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm 50 and I don't really use computers. Well, how are you going to go to school? Yeah. Um. But you know, I I, I do get in trouble for that every now and again. But, yeah. <laughs> so okay, so I want to touch. Uh, I want to touch briefly. Um. Where does so where does wrestling kind of fit in for you? So you say you were, you loved stu- um, school, you know you love learning, mm-hmm. being in that, in that environment, whatever. Was wrestling like an always thing for you? Did you catch the bug young? Because you know you're 35, you've seen a lot of probably the big yeah. moments in wrestling. For sure, um, yeah. About Saturday nights, six oh five, on the superstation. Um, <laughs> my man's got my uh, my, my dad was a wrestling fan. Okay. And my dad was a wrestling fan, so we used to watch it. And what was cool, um, my mother, who is retired military now, okay. when my parents divorced and before she got remarried, mm-hmm. she's like, I got a son. I need a bit more money. So she used to work at the Capitol Center, which is where the Bullets played. And okay. so every once in a while, I'd go with her and like go see wrestling for free. 
Like, That's sick. I saw Hogan and Flair in a cage at a house show when I was like four. You know what I mean? Like, what so, the fuck? Yeah. I've always been like a fan. And then, yeah. you know, when, uh, when we got to uh, Wyoming, that's right during the, uh, the Monday Night Wars. Okay. So, because I was, uh, we left when I was 11 and I turned 11 in late 96. So, like that first six months or so, mm-hmm. like really the Monday Night Wars going, like every Monday night, I'm right there in front of the old TV. We had a TV with wood paneling. Yeah, you had <laughs> like, the old tube with the with the, it was with the dial. Time. It didn't have the dials on it. It was weird. It was like old but new. Like I didn't have to use a wrench or anything. Okay. okay. But yeah, that was that was that was the OG man. I'm yeah, in the yeah. game room every Monday night flipping channels. Like it was it was a great time. And so I was always kind of uh always kind of watching wrestling. Like when I got to high school, like they knew how big of a fan I was. Like mm-hmm. I would be there like some days uh in our advisory period. Like popping in VHSs of wrestling and just sitting there watching them with every guy, right? Y'all ever see SummerSlam '94? Um, Click. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> or like, if my mom wouldn't buy the pay per view, mm-hmm. like somebody would tape it and then we watch it the next day. That's, That's before sick. like everybody's watching. Uh, it's before everybody's watching or reading for spoilers or anything like that. Like this is oh one oh two. Yeah. You know, so you're not, there aren't a million sites you can go to. Like CBS ain't covering no damn wrestling. Right? Yeah, the internet's like a baby, so, baby thing at this point. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, so we pop them in and watch them. And then, like, in college, I still watched um, because, you know, you live in a big dorm. Like, mm-hmm. I, I lived in uh, Jester West. Um, Jester West, I think Jester combined, is the biggest dorm in America. Jesus. And so, okay. let me see. I want to get a number real quick. <laughs> Jester dorm population and this is in texas right yeah it's university of texas everything's bigger and in so texas. yeah 2100 students jesus christ yeah and so that's that's bigger than some towns like yeah exactly right yeah 2100 uh students and then the thing was like it's not just like the 2100 students are in mm-hmm. jester it being the biggest dorm there are classes in there there are restaurants in there all your friends are coming and kick it there because that's where the girls are. You right. know what I'm saying? So yeah. Jester was always packed. But what, what happened was, if there was a show that everybody was watching, mm-hmm. everybody's got their doors open, right? So, like, <laughs> you got to remember, I'm in college at the height of Chappelle's show. Right. And so everybody's right. doors cracked open. Everybody's got Comedy Central on. Yeah. Like, it's just going crazy. I mean, it's like OG Twitter. Extent, exactly, exactly. <laughs> For a smaller extent, it was like that with wrestling. You know right, what I mean? Okay. So, yeah, so you got a bunch of guys, you get together in, like, the uh, in the study area or, like, the TV area, and everybody mm-hmm. being there watching. So, it always kind of stuck. Uh, what happened was, when I graduated school in 09, like, all of a sudden, like, my buddies either graduated, like, a semester or two before me, and they took off, mm-hmm. or they graduated with me, and they went back to wherever they lived, or they went to where their job was, mm-hmm. and I ended up starting to work right here in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just broken up with a girl I was seeing. Like, everything had really, like, slowed down. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I need something to do. And so I started reading The Torch. Yeah, um, okay. And then got hooked up with Trav and Dre, and that's how, you know, from there, it became, oh, I guess I work in media now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it just all kind of happened organically like that. Yeah, was was that ever like a like a goal for like? So did you go to school like for writing or anything, or or was it like a so hobby? Was it like I started off as an RTF major? Okay, and my grades were dog shit my first two semesters, so I could get, the get degrees, baby. But, Let's go. Uh, 
Yeah, so um, I ended up switching over to English, but I still worked on uh, Texas Student Television. Okay. Like I worked on a show then, and then, um, yeah, I was like, I still want to do this. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I had been writing. um, So I ended up linking up with uh, a guy who actually has his own TV show now to do the Texas Student Television stuff. Um, And so, yeah, it was like, I have this background. And then even before I got to college, um, my, we called it externships because you couldn't do internships prior to having a diploma, but it was the same thing, right? Really? Um, did an internship with Chuck McAtinick from Maximum Sports. Shout out, baby. He was on our, local, our local Fox affiliate. So, um, yeah. Oh, I put no. Together, yeah, it was a little Fox. Local Fox. Okay. Not Big Fox, local Fox. Um, I only so know I Big up, Fox, so you're Fox and I'm yeah, like, no, <laughs> no, yeah, local Fox, different, different, different. I ended up putting together uh, my first radio show nice. like all by myself from uh, watching his stuff. And so, yeah, it was always like something I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the writing came from the English background. I could always do that. Right. Um, the on-camera stuff, again, I did a little bit of that in school, but it was just something that we had to pick up. I was like, this is the natural progression mm-hmm. of things, doing on-camera work. So I just bought a camera, started putting... Um, Started putting stuff at different angles. I put a camera here. I put a camera yeah. there. And yeah, we just started to figure out how to do it. And then like now, you know, we do the Twitch thing. And I always say we, because um, even though like this is kind of a one man act now, mm-hmm. I always like think about like me and Peter, what we would be doing. And then I got people who do help out like right. behind the scenes. And then like um, people I collaborate with. But yeah, it just, um, this was like the natural progression with all of it. It was just like, hey, this is something you know a little bit about, put mm-hmm. that little bit to use. Yeah. It's it's cool that you like you kind of saw the writing on the wall because I I see I feel like a lot of people especially people who have been in like traditional media for a really long time like and still people are kind of like objective to the idea of like you know written 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 articles is dying man like it just mm-hmm. is there's nothing you can do about it Zoomers don't give a shit about reading man if they can if you can take like you know a, a a 600 word story and you can stand in front of a camera and you can say it like you can say it in a way that's entertaining or or interesting then like boom you're doesn't matter what your your degree is right Mm -hmm. so it's it's cool that you kind of saw that writing on the wall and you were like okay like we we got to figure this out like if if it's something we want to do then we got to just figure it out man and even with the uh, even with the East Coast cast, and, mm-hmm. and I love Travis to death. And Travis, if you're listening, we've had this conversation in private, so we can have it in public. Um, I I was like, look, dude, like we aren't doing the platform being on this website. We cannot grow like this, right? Right? Like it's we went from um, gosh, what was it? We were talking to like. I don't know what the numbers. It was like five thousand people were like listening to these shows, right? Yeah. But it was on a website that didn't have any type of outside foothold. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. It's it's very you know, insular. For sure. Like mm-hmm. like you know we was getting money, but it was like this amount can't grow. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like th- there's nothing that can happen here because nobody wants to use this platform specifically. So what I did was I said, all right, Trav. Of course. This is under the torch umbrella. Mm-hmm. We still want this time slot. We're still going to use this website. But what we need to do is um, we need to put this on Twitch too to go at the same time as the show. Right. You know, because that's going to be like, that's new technology. Like yeah. we need to be 
recording this and putting this on more than just your Apple Musics. Like, this needs to be everywhere. Like, mm. it was, yeah, adjusting to the times, adjusting to the technology is always something that, like, I've encouraged. Um, and so, and again, it's not like butting heads, but, you know, you can be set in your ways and not necessarily see the value in, in everything like this. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, kind of stepped out and was like, when the technology's new, we got to touch the technology regardless of what we're talking about, regardless of what we're doing. And it's helped. I, I think it's definitely grown our audience. It's grown like our foothold, as it were, as far as like the wrestling media stuff goes. So yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's like you say, it's just getting more eyes like on the product, right? Like why wouldn't you, especially with, you know, COVID, all the numbers for Twitch and YouTube are skyrocketing, right? So mm-hmm. it just makes sense. Speaking of, so speaking of, of, you know, times changing and stuff, talk to me, I want to talk to you about this, this uh, Comic-Con panel. Because it yeah. kind of came out of like, at least from the surface level, from just seeing it on Twitter or whatever, it kind of came out of nowhere. And then, yeah. you know, it was it's so cool to see because there's been this big movement for um, the black wrestling community specifically. And, you know, there's been this big movement with a lot more content creators kind of getting behind it. So talk to how, how did you get involved in that? Um, I think that like, number one, like tribalism is a real thing and it's not like tribalism isn't always like a a negative thing to talk about right Mm -hmm. um i think that like so this is always the best way to explain it uh when i was at ut ut was one percent black wow one percent like the entire and that's including athletes holy shit right so um i was out with uh some friends like maybe two months ago mm-hmm. and we're at the bar and Vince Young is there. Okay. And he like, give me the head nod. Mm-hmm. And I give him the head nod back. We go talk for a minute and say, what's up? And whoever I was with, they were like, you know, Vince Young. I'm like, no, yeah. Like, cause we had to know each other. Okay. Like the first time we met was at a probate or it was a, it was a, a sorority was hosting a date auction <laughs> and uh, it's funny. A friend of mine who I was actually with, WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans. She just recently got married and they're about to have a kid. Uh, shout out to Carmen. Congrats. Um, she was on stage getting auctioned off. And <laughs> what him, a and story. I, yeah, him and I had never met before. Yeah. But he's standing next to me. He's like, yo, how much does she go for? Like, as he walks in, I started talking to him. And like, it was never weird because you got a bunch of people, especially the athletes, mm-hmm. who have only, like they come from these really small towns or they come from these large metropolitan areas where they typically were only around black people. And so black people gravitate toward each other. So Mm -hmm. I think when, you know, my, you know, the Twitter follows start going up and you're joking around with this person. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I was just one of those people who kind of got latched onto as, okay, clearly he's cool. He, you know, has these, uh, you know, he has articles, he has a show, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people started talking, people started networking. It was, it was just like real natural. It was like, yeah. you know, we're, even if we're not at the same job, we have the same job title. I don't mean writing. I mean, being black in this space. Right. You know? yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, the conversations start to happen. Um, I'm trying to think of what like kind of the first thing was, uh, I think with, Tiger Driver, I think I actually reached out first as far as content goes. Okay. When COVID shut down, um, <clears throat> when COVID shut down, I kind of switched around what I wanted to do with the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I want to talk to different people from different places in the country about how COVID's affecting them, their brand. Okay. Right? 
So I hit Chris from Tiger Drive. We had a fantastic conversation. And it's mm-hmm. the first time we had talked like out loud, but it was, it was a great combo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the the podcast we were doing, uh, and he, I don't, I don't even know if it was the one with him. I think the stuff we were doing before, but people started reaching out. And they were like, hey, uh, we want you to do audio on the project that we're doing. I was like, of course. So yeah. uh, Jay Rose, who uh, is basically a mastermind behind Paradigm Pro Wrestling, mm-hmm. he's talking to me. So I was on IWTV's Best of the Year show the end of last year. I was like, what? I'm on what? <laughs> like, this is so cool. Like, I'm announcing stuff on here. Yeah. And then I did um, I did two spots on uh, the two seasons of Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Like, I'm the voice of the intro of the show. Like, it's the craziest shit. Sick. So, um, and then... I think it was after that that like I started talking to the wrestlers mm-hmm. like um you know people would like okay so I certainly won't say his name okay. um cuz it's like you know um whatever but um somebody in ROH was like hey just so you know mm-hmm. the things that you tweet out are the things that a lot of us talk about and want to say and we appreciate you saying them wow I was like, oh, shit. that's yeah, crazy yeah. So I think that is a real big thing too. Yeah. Like not just the media, but you know, I'm not afraid to speak my mind on Twitter, especially about things that would concern people like me directly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that, that that was the coolest thing to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think you know, wrestlers when wrestlers say they don't read Twitter, they're lying. They yeah, read everyone everything. reads everything. They look man. at yeah, just like everybody else, they look at everything. Yeah. And so you know, you you say decent stuff about people like that but also when you're not afraid to talk about issues they might think exist Mm -hmm. like that's really where the networking started so what happened was you know um five or six of us are together uh and and this is again we're we're already talking about all this positive black shit but there was the match with uh big swole and diamante they were gonna have that two out of three falls match um one pin one submission one knockout right fucking wicked man. and we were like damn like for it to be like this big of a gimmick match mm-hmm. why is this on youtube right? right um and and there's a criticism of aw um that's not just a criticism of aw i mean wwe suffers from it too they've just been around longer yeah but and they've been like, doing it longer yeah yeah and it's like put black people on tv <clears throat> put black people in the main event like mm-hmm. we want to see these things and so after like all that discussion it became uh you know the black wrestling draws mm-hmm. hold on one second Hey, baby. What are you doing? You busy? You outside kicking it? Yeah. Okay. I am getting smoked in Uno and doing this podcast right now and streaming. So I'm going to have to call you back, okay? We're playing Uno via the internet and he's smoking me. You better step it up or don't call me. Hey, hey. Rules is rules. I'll talk to you later, sweetheart. Bye. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fucking sweet. I'm leaving that in. Yeah. That's so funny. I'm about to say, my man, my man Pacino said, don't cut that out. <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. No shot. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. But no. Um, so, yeah. And it was like, okay, what are we going to do? And that's when Kanisha um, came up with Black Wrestling Draws. I'm okay. trying to figure out the thing to say. And then uh, Jay Rose uh, created a graphic, and he was like, "My man texted me 
what horchata you got on the phone on Twitch, my boy. Oh, life is hard. Life is hard. Okay, so, um, yeah, and so they were like, well, Cam, you know, one, you're in this group and you're not a wrestler, and yeah. so you're not going to uh, burn any bridges, mm-hmm. and you have, out of us non-wrestlers, you have the biggest following. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck it, let's put it out there. I want to do this. And so, yeah, man, it just took off. Like, like people really latched onto it because it wasn't like... No, it wasn't like we were saying less white people. Right. We were saying more black people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like we want to watch this. We'll tune in to watch it. You guys have the talent, so so let's rock. And we mm-hmm. did it with AEW. We did it with WWE. And it wasn't even like a negative thing all the time. It was like, yo, there's a match with black wrestlers. People may not know about it. Mm-hmm. Let's hype it up. Yeah. Yeah, it was that simple. Well, and especially J-Rose, too. Like, you see him on Twitter all the time being like, yo, like, this promotion in, like, you know, mm-hmm. where somewhere in the States will be mm-hmm. like, this promotion just had a great match, like, two black wrestlers, yada, yada. Like, and as I, as both, like, ignorant whitey and a Canadian, like, I don't get to see all these kinds of things, right? Sure. So it's cool to see, it's cool to see this space growing, like, especially in COVID when there was, like, the big boom with the LGBT um, wrestling community and now with the black community as well, like, what's it been like for you to kind of see this grow? Because I imagine the professional wrestling space is not always the kindest to yeah. not white people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's absolutely pushback. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing. Um, oh, wait a minute. Wait a fucking minute. No. Fuck. Ooh, got that ass. <laughs> Damn it. Got that ass. I had I had two skips and they were like he can't go he got to skip let that motherfucker down boy longest um, fucking game of Uno <laughs> yeah oh and for sure I want to say this really quick too yeah um, because Pacino shouted it out uh, one thing that I really appreciated about it was because um, we definitely have queer people in the space right mm, yeah and of course. So, it wasn't even a question if we were going to be, if they would be included in this. Cause like, you know, you try to do some positive black shit in 1992 and people want to tell you why you can't have gay people included. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I do love that that was, you know, definitely a big part of what we were doing. Like mm-hmm. shout out to Nyla Rose. Um, I don't want to like, you know, run down the list here, but that actually jumps off my head like mm-hmm. quickly. You're like, no, of course, when we do black wrestling draws, we're going to talk about her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So that was always good. But, um, Okay, this is what it's like. You are 25. So yes. you're right there in the age range of J. Rose and Chris, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I am blessed to have a career. I am blessed to have, oh, for sure, shout out to Sunny Kiss. He's going to start naming names. Um, <laughs> now you're going to get canceled. To, um, you, didn't name, you didn't name the yeah, entire I'm my own, black queer community. My own viewers, right? <laughs> um, but no, so... Blessed to have a college degree, blessed mm. to have a career. And mm. so my thing was like, if wrestling goes away from me tomorrow, I'll be sad, but I'll be fine. Like the right. bills are still You'll be sad. paid, right? Yeah. But here's what here's what I appreciate. Mm. So like we were at Comic-Con and J. Rose kind of pulls me to the side. And he's like, he's like, yo, Cam, like, I just want you to know, like, I appreciate, you know everything you've done and you know i know i can be uh have to be doing a million things at once you're always patient with me and you never ask for anything mm-hmm. even when i try to give you stuff because like you know they operate on a budget where you know jay rose is like yo, this is what i got in the budget i'm like dog 
keep that. Yeah. Like, I'm good. Um, so I, I like being like the wrestling uncle. I really do. I because I, these kids, like between J Rose, between Chris, like Chris is 22. Like he's so young. Yeah, selling thousands of dollars of merch a month, right? Like J Rose is already like running the creative side of a promotion, working on his own promotion. Like these kids are gonna be millionaires. Man. Yeah. Like all they gotta do is keep doing what they're doing. I just like that I can help. I like that I can be like an older, mature voice that may get a different eyes and ears that they might see. I like that I can calm them down when they're stressed. And they yeah. can do it for me too. Like I'm certainly not like, you know, the the, the conscience of the group, but like, yeah. Yeah, like, I like, like I get to create. Like I never got into writing or podcasting for money. Mm-hmm. I got into it because I had messages I wanted to get out. I had thoughts I wanted to get out. And I wanted to create a conversation. Like, yeah. Even with Twitter, people say, um, people say like, you're tweeting this for attention. I'm like, no, this is me. Like, mm-hmm. I say wild shit sometimes to try to start a conversation. Yeah. Or just because like, I'm in the mood to say something funny. Like, yeah, you, just, it, you could just be bored. Like, you just want to get something going, yeah. you know? There's an unfair and like, I'm, I'm not playing victim, but there's an unfair thing that happens when you hit a certain amount of followers yeah. where people just assume that everything you do is for show. And I'm like, you know, you tweet the same things I do. It's just less people see them. So it's interpreted differently. Yeah. Like somebody tweeted, like I tweeted basically like, I don't watch crown jewel because I feel that the people who host crown jewel are the same people who finance nine eleven, Right. And like, if you're smart, it's true. Like, and even if it's not true, it's the most likely conclusion that all our information shows us, right? Yeah, that's a big thing to drop on the TL. I saw that. That was crazy. They tried to flame me. They tried to get me out of here. Like, as if I was saying that the people of Saudi Arabia, the people with their infinite financial funds and access to, you know, technology and information and flight patterns and all that, that the people of the country are the ones who are responsible. It's like, no, you don't actually think that's what I think. Yeah. You just see somebody getting a lot of attention, so you want to jump on it. Yeah, you're just trying to kind some, of get a slice of the pie sort of thing. Some guy with 200 followers tweeted the same thing today, and it got like 10 times the amount of likes that it got quote tweets. And I was just like, you know, you, you accept got that it comes with the territory, but it's like, okay, like I see what this is. So, yeah. so again, that's why I don't, that's why I can't be canceled. That specifically is why I can't be canceled because I'm not the idiot. Right. But even when I'm being the idiot, I, the, my, sometimes my idiocy is my faith in people. Yeah. You know, like it's, you know, so. Well, and you, you kind of like to, to put it in like the bluntest terms possible, you almost have like the infrastructure to be an idiot, right? Because like you have enough <laughs> Twitter clout where you can yeah. do st- like, I mean, it's it's been shown you can get yourself into situations and you can still, you can tweet your way through it. You can get your way out of it just by being like, listen, like, you guys know I'm not at, like I'm not actually a fuckhead. I'm not actually a weirdo. Like yeah. you know, I've been here long enough. I've got enough followers. I've got enough friends in the space. You know, which helps. The craziest obviously. thing. This one guy was like, he he called me. He was like, "You're a dumb motherfucker, right?" And then, like, I look at his, uh, I look at his page, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh, you right? Oh, we got a bunch of the same followers. Ooh. Oh, you have four times less followers than me." Ooh. Oh, so it was like 
Okay, and so I've been making fun of his forehead for a good week. Oh, it's big forehead um, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, and I could just see, um, I could just see that. Uh, let's see. Oh, give me just one second. Let's see. My man Sean said he's making fun of me. Um, he said you had faith in that in that one girl, and where did that get you? And I'm texting him. Tickets to the Bucks and Spurs on Saturday, baby. <laughs> That's what it got me. Yes, sir. Um, so no, yeah, yeah. And, and so what you what you realize is whenever something like that happens, like when the, when the trial thing happened, yeah, and then when this happened, you all of a sudden realize these people you've never talked to don't like you. How do you realize it? Because they say, I never liked him. Yeah. And it's like yeah. you never, you never met me. Like yeah. you just you decided to see what you see and you know some of it is misunderstanding some of it's probably genuine mm-hmm. but a lot of it is why does he get to be there mm-hmm. why does he get to be in that space why does he get to be cool with the wrestlers um yeah a lot of it is like that it's it's i work hard too so why can't i be part of the conversation yeah yeah it's it's like <laughs> the idea that like it's it's so funny to me because like we as as a wrestling community, right? We are such a small subsect of nerds. And like so many like I, I there's so few like fan bases that are as parasocial as professional wrestling. And I don't know if it's because, you know, it's something that was so big that kind of fell from grace and kind of gets made fun of. I don't know if it's because independent wrestling is still big enough that people have that like personal connection to it. But like, it's, it's so crazy to me that people will treat human beings on Twitter as if they are just like, they're just a follower count. Like they see you have, you know, like tens of thousands of followers and they're just like, all right, cool. This guy, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Like, this is not a human being. (laughs) And my thing is like, I don't like, I typically don't name call mm-hmm. because like where I come from and how I came up, when you call names, like that's time to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, like I'm, I'm very careful about who I call names. If I do call you a name, it's because I think that I can hold you if I need to. Like I can <laughs> handle any problems that we got. Um, so... So, like, I don't really do that. So when they're, like, come, like, stupid motherfucker and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, like, I I, I get it. Yeah. Like, I understand you're frustrated, but you wouldn't do that in person. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you're, not, you're not really built for that. You're, you know not, you're not about like, it. You're not about what's going on. Yeah. And so, but, and that's why, like, I, it doesn't upset me mm. in in that way. Ooh, I got away with it. Ah, uh, I dropped the card and changed it and called Uno before you saw it. Boy, I'm cooking you. I'm frying your ass up today. The funny part is you got you you're on the phone and you're like you're like, "Oh yeah, he's cooking me, dude." Like, I'm getting I'm getting fucked up. Meanwhile, <laughs> I got a I handful of cards. I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, she said, "Don't call back if you don't win." So, hey, you know. <laughs> no doggos. No doggos for camp tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy. Um, but no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like that whole thing, it, it's like just like Streets of Rage, like the survival mode has this thing where they call it glass cannon. Okay. And the glass cannon perk is uh, you do 100% more damage, but you also take 100% more damage. Right. So that's what it is. That's what it is. You get away with more. Um, you get more opportunities. 
But boy, if they view something as a misstep, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, they're gonna cookie. They are going to cookie. So, like, okay, we're 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 winding we're winding down a bit on the show. This actually leads perfectly. It's a mm, magnifique, beautiful segue. I have a segment I like pulling. I, I've I've created recently. It's called "Getting My Guests Canceled on Twitter." Um, oh boy! And you are the uncancelable man. You you have escaped cancellation by hook or by crook as more times than I've ever seen anyone. Uh, yeah. This is uh, getting uh, this is getting Cam canceled on wrestling Twitter specifically. I'm going to ask you some questions. I want some hot takes on some uh, targeted issues in the professional wrestling community. Okay, can't wait. I want to start with an easy one. Sean or Brett? Brett. Uh, not even. Not even. You goddamn right. Think, you goddamn yeah, right. Sean- I would, I would like, if somebody said, Sean is the best American performer ever. They said that. I say, you know what? Cool. I'm great with that. Yeah. Brett looks like he's fighting. Yeah. And, and it's not, no, it's no shade. No shade at all to, to, the, to the boy Sean. But yeah, I like my wrestling to look like fights. I think, I think Sean, uh, second career Sean is 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 even better than first career Sean. Second career Sean. I actually agree. Amazing. I'm with you on that. I think yeah. I feel like that's a hot take, but I actually agree with you on that. Yeah. Brett is just, you know, snug and tough in the way I in the way I like him to be. And it's just it. And of course, he's from the greatest country on planet Earth. The flag waves in the background, I'll edit it and just flowing lightly. I didn't know he was from Puerto Rico. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Can you imagine Puerto Rican Bret Hart? I, I not somebody's gonna tell me who the Puerto Rican Bret Hart was and be so excited. Like it's probably like Carlito's dad or something. <laughs> Someone who's like a really big oh what's the what's the fucking promotion out there? I don't remember anymore. Someone out there is a huge mark for Puerto Rican wrestling. It's like these guys don't know a fucking thing yeah, about what they're talking about. Idiots. Fucking exactly. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh attitude era. Cool or cringe? Where do you land on that? Uh, cringy. Nice. And I'll say this. Okay. Um I am like the biggest Scott Hall fan. I think Scott Hall was at an amazing run. Yeah. Um, again, like Scott Hall has a period where he was basically like totally unreliable, right? But right. the good stuff I remember, but now that I'm my age, I'm like, there was a lot of bad stuff. And then if you watch a Raw from like 98. Such a mixed bag, man. Yeah, you'll say, man, Steve Austin and The Rock are great. The rest of this show is dog shit. Yes. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been saying that. For goddamn five years, and so many people go like, "You just weren't, you weren't there, man. You don't fucking yeah. get it." And I'm like, "I do get it. It sucks, dick. Like it's rich. Yeah. It then they're sucks. like, like they say, like, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's no stars today. There's no stars today. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they'll be like, man, I used to love when Road Dog would come out and rap. And no shade to Road Dog, but the reason you love Road Dog so much is because you had The Rock and Steve Austin. Yeah. And so it was one of those things, like you know, um. The high tide, you know, raises all ships. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you you think more highly of people during that time because you were enamored with the stuff at the top of the card where I'd make the argument that the in-ring product is miles ahead. Oh, I mean, that's, like, almost undeniable, I'd say, at this point. Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. But, no, it's, it's you go back and watch the good stuff. Yeah. You do not go back and watch entire Raws or Nitros. I was doing a thing for a while because I was, I was, like, playing with the idea of starting a podcast about just, like, the weird, shitty parts of wrestling. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to watch like 90s wrestling and see how far I get. And I put on some, what the fuck? <laughs> I put on, 
I put on some random episode from like 97 or 98 because I was like, I'll start with an easy one. I think it was the one with the where uh, Steve Austin has the Zamboni. Okay. I was like, I'll start with an easy one. Like, that's a classic moment. He, you know, hits the ring, fucking jumps over. It's super sick. Like, I remember seeing it in, like, the video game stuff when I was a kid. Tight. And it's like you say, it's, like, literally, like, Stone Cold at the beginning, The Rock's at the end, everything in the middle, complete dookie. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of garbage on those shows, man. <laughs> like, I didn't, and it's not, like, it's not, a, again, it's no shade. Well, it is shade, because I think he's a piece of shit at this point. But, like, I remember thinking Val Venus was a lot better than oh my god he same. was when I went back and watched it. Like it was just I like it really was nothing special. Um, there was just a lot of that, like yeah. a lot of stuff where you know uh, rose colored lenses, man. That nostalgia it hit different. Yeah, it really did. It's funny when you look back at like whatever because like I grew up on the early thousands, like you know SmackDown Six and and you know that kind of era. So I have the same thing where I'm like, oh no, like wrestling in 06 is better than wrestling in 1996. That was my that was my hot take for a long time. And then when you look back on it, it's the same thing where it's like Sean Sean Michaels, John Cena, and like you know arguably like Triple H and Jericho, great. Mm-hmm. Everything else, we got like Rico, we got like fucking you know Billy and Chuck. Like I don't know yeah. about this one, stud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And then they, you know, you got the Kai and Tai stuff where those guys are trying, but the material is garbage. Yeah. Like, it just is. Yeah, for sure. And it comes back to the thing of like, the, it's no shade on, on the performers because they're just doing, you know, their best in the time period. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you say the in-ring product is better and it definitely is today. But like, you know, motherfuckers weren't out in like 96 doing CrossFit, right? Like, <laughs> this is true. it's just the way it is. You know what I mean? Um. Okay. What? Your opinion, okay, as as a as a wrestling media professional, okay, <laughs> what is in your opinion the best wrestling show of all time? Hmm, best wrestling show. It's a loaded question. So, I'd probably say best show, best show. Probably Nitro before they went to three hours. I think okay. it's the best show, and I think the the biggest thing is they embraced cruiserweight wrestling. Yes. And so, whereas WWE, most of their lower to mid card was still heavyweight guys. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the exciting in-ring stuff of your Rey Mysterios, Juventudes, Jericho, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a million guys. Ciclope, I'll throw Ciclope in there. Um, (laughs) Fuck yeah, Ciclope. Yeah, there's just so many guys who had that Lucha Libre style or that fast cruiserweight style that Liger and Pillman really put on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, that when you have that, and then the top of the hour and the bottom of the hour, you got NWO and Sting and Luger and Giant. Like yeah. it was just, uh, you know, as good a two hours as you could really get, uh, kind of serving both masters. Were you a, so were, when you were growing up, were you a Nitro kid that flipped to Raw, or were you like pretty in between? I was really a Nitro kid that flipped to Raw. And the biggest thing, like, I did watch, um, you know, I think part of my Scott Hall fandom is how much damn WWF superstars I watched (laughs) him putting Jeff Hardy through the mat left and right, right? But, um, yeah, Nitro was my thing because I was a WCW Saturday Night guy. So when I got to the point where I could watch Monday nights, it was more of that because they were cooking more at that point, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, Rock and Austin show up and then, Jericho flips and show flip before that. Like it was, you know, that became 
more of the thing to watch. Yeah. yeah, I was was a Nitro kid to start out with, for sure. Which is funny, because as far as I know, you are are a notable uh, Sting fanatic, from what I've seen. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sting is is the funniest thing, man, because, like, I absolutely acknowledge yeah like when motivated sting's amazing <laughs> he is just never motivated like he just <laughs> spent like you know sting they told him to sit home while they work on the crow thing yeah he put on a bunch of weight and wasn't having good matches when he came back you know like it's just what it is i do think um but, but i say that and i also say that if there are like top you know if you're to name top three wcw matches of all time yeah you're probably going to have Ray and Eddie from Halloween Havoc. Classic. Um, if if you're me, you're probably gonna have uh Eddie and Six from Sold Out, but you're That's also going to have cut. yeah, that was shit. That's a bang. You're also gonna have uh Sting DDP title, uh yeah, US champ versus WCW champ from Nitro. It's an amazing match. Yeah, and Sting smoked it. So yeah, like I I Shade ain't bad if you're willing to show love. And I'm always willing to show love if there's something to love. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So for your money right now, where is the best uh, wrestling coming from? The best wrestling is coming from the middle of um, your browser. Because I got your ass again. Oh, no, I didn't call Uno. Fuck. Fuck. Oh, no, I didn't call Uno. I did. No, you're good. I didn't call it. God damn it. Three of them boys. Son of um, a bitch. where's the best wrestling coming from right now? Um, whoo, whoo. I mean, two months ago I would have said NXT. Um, <laughs> I, I'll probably, I'll probably would say AEW. I just think okay. they have, um, especially now when they got Lee and Daniel over there, but they got a a fully. You know, a fully unleashed Brian Danielson. They got Omega. They got uh, Paige. They got, you know, a resourceful Jericho, you know, for whatever that's worth. Yeah, he's like, he's, he really is like, a, he fills in. For sure. Mm-hmm. They got, you know, Sheeta, who is great. Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa, who I'm just huge fans of. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think the best wrestling is coming uh, from AEW right now. Um, I'm not like, I do not wake up to watch G1 Climax, which is not no shade in New Japan. They they did really good work, but I couldn't sit there and say, like, this is the best wrestling that I'm seeing. Yeah, for you know sure. What I mean, like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say AEW's got the best on paper wrestling right now. I like that. I like, because I, it's it's funny when you start talking about the in-ring, like, type stuff, because I feel like everyone's got their own opinion, and it comes from so many different, you know, factors of, you know, oh, you know, some people like just different kinds of wrestling. Some people like the I'm I'm a Japan guy. I haven't kept up in a while because Will Ospreay is a shithead. But like, yes, yes, this is accurate. You know, it's 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 always interesting to, me to talk to people about where they think the best wrestling is coming from, because I feel like there's no I mean, there's no complete answer. Right. Like, it, you know, everyone's I'm sure. going to have my biases, you know, shout out super kicked and, and demand Lucha up here in T.O. Um, but <laughs> Like, it's interesting to me to, to hear people talk about, especially like AEW, son of a bitch. How do you always have the trot to? What the you fuck? want another one? Damn, it's a cold game. But no, I mean, but I said it's the best wrestling, but listen, if I'm going to watch one show, yeah, um, it's SmackDown. 
Really? That, oh, you got me. Out of any yeah, of I think I think yeah, Roman Reigns is just on another level right now. Like that Indian Roman Reigns being a complete sociopath is just amazing to me. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, the Usos by his side, that's that's one of the best tag teams going right now. Um, yeah, and then when, you know, when when Bianca was there, when Sasha was there, mm-hmm. um, the women's side was really strong. Um, and then you have, you know, I love watching Chad Gable wrestle. Um, oh my god, I find Dolph Ziggler serviceable. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just the strongest show to me, top to bottom. Like if I'm watching two hours of wrestling, that's the show I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. You really are like you really are like a middle of the fence guy. You don't just play it up for for you know. You're not just yeah. the guy on TV. You really are the like that's the thing like every <laughs> everybody has everybody's flawed yeah and so okay so here's what upsets me like and it, i say upset like it's just frustrating like mm-hmm. people will um you know i'll say something that's not in favor of AEW. yeah and the aw and then they'll call me an e-drone and and E-dro. then they'll yeah, the e-drone or Vince, huge as it Love were, right? That. And then like they'll see me on stage with MJF. Yeah, and cr- crickets, crickets. <laughs> yeah, they don't because they don't shit. <laughs> yeah, and what I this is what I always tell people: the people who succeed in the way that I want to succeed mm-hmm. in media mm-hmm. are people who have real lives outside of media. Okay, like any wrestler that i'm like cool with or appear to be friendly with it's because we connect on something that has nothing to do with wrestling like the wrestling is what got us there but like we can go get a drink Mm -hmm. we can go get dinner and like just really kick it you know what i mean like yeah 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 and that's that that was the always the thing with like when i used to see uh like nba beat writers right like They'd be in the locker room talking to people, but every now and again, like they're at dinner with the people they talk to. Mm. And that's what builds rapport. Like they have lives that exist outside of this space. Yeah. And you have to have that. So yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, 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 AEW doesn't pay me. WWE doesn't pay me. So what do I look like? Like getting on the cross for them. It just yeah, doesn't yeah, make yeah. sense. Well, it's Nothing like it, should work like that. It, it wraps all the way back around to what you were saying at the beginning of the conversation where you were like, Twitter isn't real. Like, and yeah. people don't think about it enough that it's true. Like, and it's, you've said it perfectly there. Like it's not paying your bills. They're literally a company like, like it's yeah. like Walmart. It's like fucking target or, you know, Jimmy John's, whatever the fuck, like, you know, imagine people. And I, if anyone out there is a diehard enough fan, I want this to happen. I want a subway versus Jimmy John's turf war. I want like, <laughs> that's right? what I want. I want the subway stands and the, and the Jimmy John stands to go at it on Twitter. Exactly. Like, again, it's just not, it, it's, and people are talking like, you know, tribalism is natural. Competition is natural. And I'm like, I, I get it. I really do get it. But like, I can't live my life that way. Like, yeah. I can't choose a side in something that doesn't require me to choose a side. Yeah. Like, you know, we can all, because I want to talk <clears throat> to, you know, I want to write about a WWE wrestler, just like I want to write about the AEW wrestler. I mm-hmm. want to say what AEW needs to fix, just like I want to say what WWE needs to fix. Like I there should be transparency and there should be like, you should be ethical with how this stuff goes. Right. Yeah. I don't have like, of course I could do it. I could be guy on YouTube who 
shits on WWE and defends AEW. Of course, I could do that, but that's corny. Yeah, like no one wants to be AEW nothing. fan. Sixty nine four twenty. Yeah, it's just like you. Can you build an audience off that? Absolutely. That's yeah. not what I want in my audience. Like that's not like we talked about. Like you know, reading being dead, and and you know, as a medium, it is certainly not where it used to be. Yeah, but the people who like listen to me and think I'm funny and think I'm interesting. Those are still the people who are reading articles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have, if I want to do everything I want to do, mm-hmm. none of it can be tainted with me playing sides. Yeah. No, of course. And I, I, that's, I think that's at the core of it. And that's why it comes down to, like you say, it's the people who pick a side. No one ever got famous being WWE fan 69420. Like it, it, it doesn't happen. You know, WWE doesn't come to you and knocks on your door and goes like, hey, what's up? We saw your YouTube channel where you talked about SmackDown for six hours and how much better Roman Reigns is than MJF, and we'd like to give you a writing position. Like, <laughs> Exactly, exactly, man. Like, you just, yeah, you're not, that's not how you're getting in the door. And these people don't want to be your friend. Like, they got their own lives, too. Like, yeah. I, I, most people I've met are very nice, and they will, um, you know, shake your hand, they'll smile. And it's not, you know, they got nothing against you. They just got their own stuff going on. Man. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine going to going through a wall for a retweet. <laughs> can't imagine doing it. Like, come on, like you you have you have parents. <laughs> this is not what they raised you to be. Like, come on. What would your mother think about your tweets? <laughs> oh my no, no, she really tried to follow me and I was like, nah, baby, you know, we're not doing that. Um, but no, nah, but you know what's funny though? Like, I always thought I was the nicest guy. Yeah. And then like, I don't know. Somebody called me an asshole or something a couple of years ago. I was like, Mom, I always thought I was like nice. I didn't think I was a jerk. She was like, No, you've been a jerk your whole life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, me and my mother, like me and my mother, you know, we we drink, we drink dark liquor together. We're fine. She, oh, knows, yeah. she knows what's going on out there. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's gotta know when they're an asshole, you know. I'm I'm the asshole cousin. I'm the cousin that's like, we don't bring, you know. We don't bring up like cancel culture to Cole because he'll be a complete dick about it to you. And we'll, <laughs> we don't want to deal with that situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, last one. The last hot take I need from you. This is, this is, this one is very important. Who, who's the true goat of professional wrestling? Ooh, who? I mean, Vince McMahon. Um, Damn. I would say. What a pick. Like, I love that. Yeah. Vince McMahon, you know, he's, you know, he made the most money. You know, and I think, you know, if we're looking at wrestling as a business, it's mm-hmm. got to be the person who, um, you know, who did that. Right. But this is what I'll say. Um, I think that there's a very real argument for Rey Mysterio to be the greatest American wrestler of all time. Damn. Okay. It's a very real argument. Yeah. Um, because the style that Rey Mysterio popularized on Nitro. Mm-hmm is the style that everybody in TNA was doing until Amazing Red came on. And still, like, Rey Mysterio is just so influential both in style, in size, because he made it okay for you not to be 6'3", 270. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, He, longevity, you know, he's been doing this at a high level with, like, you know, a a one-and-a-half-year break. Yeah. Uh, two year work for injury, but he's been doing this at a high level for 25 years. Yeah. In America alone. Like he's yeah. not even talking about Mexico. Yeah. You know, um, when you think about it, you know, 
Does he have the most money of anybody? No, but he got a bunch of contracts from WCW and a bunch of contracts from WWE. Hey, you got that, you, you know? got that Cerveza, you got that Cerveza sponsorship, brother. He's, yeah, he's doing good. He's cooking. Um, and he's been he's been here so long, his kid's good. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> like it, it's crazy. Like it's for true. somebody to do it that long so well and have that much influence, I think you can really say that like, there's an argument depending on your criteria, mm -hmm. Rey Mysterio to be the greatest American wrestler. I like that. I like those are, I feel like those are two very like atypical picks. Cause I feel like the, you know, there's the classic answers of like, you know, Sean and, and uh, I don't know, like flair or Hogan or Austin or rock or whatever. I like, I like the angle. I like the angle of, of who made the most money and who just has been in the game killing it for so long. Cause it's true. When you look at Ray, like shit, he even did Lucha underground. Like, Yep. And that I was saw him at fire. Underground. That shit was at, so uh, fire. <laughs> I went to a free Lucha Underground show during South by Southwest. It must have been five, six years ago. Yeah. But that was like Rey Mysterio coming back to wrestling. I was like, oh, this is the shit. That's so yeah, sick. For sure. That's so mm -hmm. sick. And he went to Japan. Oh, dude. That like two years, that or like whatever, like the one or two years he had off from WWE where he was just like fucking showing up everywhere. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, what a time. What a fucking time to be alive. Absolutely. Um, okay. We've been going, we've been, we've been chatting and I love nothing more on this planet than just sitting here and talking about professional wrestling. I've said this a billion times on the podcast, but we we're, we're getting to the, we're, we're getting to the, the end of the show. We do have to finish this game though, because this is the closest I've been to winning in so it. long. And I, I, oh my God, the top deck, of the top deck of a century. Oh no! And again, I forget. Like they can see my card, so they thought I was going to bust your ass. Oh man! Holy shit! Did you have the win there? No, 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 no! Oh, I didn't have the card. Amen. But I got, I got something for your ass. Amen. Though. Hey, it's been a slice, GGS. Oh, he got me! Good stuff. Good stuff. Woo! That, with perfect. With perfect that is how you close timing. It <laughs> we got, we got one last thing I want to, I want to talk to you about, and then we are out here. We got one last segment here on the podcast. It's my favorite part of the podcast. The whole reason the podcast exists is called the lightning round. What we're going to do, I'm going to put one minute on a clock. I'm going to ask you as many this or that questions we can get through in that one minute. I'm going to compare your answers to mine to see how close we've become to being best friends. I love it. I love it. I've got my, let's see. I got my paper. I got my pen. Old school style. These kids say don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put one minute on the timer. When you're ready to go, I am ready to go. I'm ready to shoot. All right. Uh, okay. In three, two, one. Televisions or movies? TV. Delivery or sit down? Restaurants. Delivery. Uh, board games or card games? Board games. Uh, video games or books? Books. Uh, cars or trucks? Cars. Buses or trains? Bus. Paperback or ebook? Paperback. Summer or winter? Winter. Um, broccoli or green beans? Broccoli. Uh, beach or mountains? Beach. Soda or pop? Or uh, pop or Soda. juice? <laughs> I say, oh, juice. Uh, pepperoni pizza or cheese pizza? Pepperoni. Uh, does the toilet paper go over or under? 
under. Uh, no, over, 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 over. Over? I, I, I think about when you were going to put it. Keep going, keep going. Uh, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Okay. That's a fucking good answer, brother. There we go. That is the lightning round. I'm going to tabulate the score while I do that. This is your chance. Cam, thanks so much for being on the show. I want you to tell everyone out there that's listening at home all the places where they can find you and what you're working on right now. Absolutely, man. Um, Instagram and Twitter, Seahawk, that's C-E-E-H-A-W-K. Um, South Congress podcast, South Congress with a K. You can find that on pretty much any podcast and platform that you have. Um, you can find me on the PW Torch East Coast cast every week with Travis Bryant at eastcoastcast.com. Uh, most recently, you can hear me on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show this last Monday, following Monday Night Raw. Nice. Um, you can also, I don't know, you can hear me on a couple of shows on IWTV from Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Um, you go to YouTube, follow Big Gold Belt Media. You can see me at the uh, WIFN Beauty of Blackness in Wrestling panel with uh, myself, Faye Jackson, Kanisha, uh, Kazim. Jay Rose and Chris with a special appearance from Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Everyone's best friend in the game, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. <laughs> oh God, Cam, this has been a fucking, this has been a blast, dude. I, I cannot thank you enough for being on the show. And I'm not even just saying that I'm still in host mode, but I'm not even just saying that as like a host, this has been fucking so sick. Oh no, for sure, for sure. I want you to know that not only did you absolutely cook my ass in Uno, you did get smoked. You scored a grand total in our lightning round of 10 out of 14. We're best friends. That's best friend territory, baby. That's we a pass where I'm from. Friends. That's a pass to degree. That's a handshake where I'm from. Hell yeah. That's what's up, man. <laughs> Cam, thank you so much for being on the show. I want to thank everyone at home who's listening or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, I know this is an annoying thing, but I have to do it. It's the end of the video. You know what's coming. I'm so close to a custom URL. And like I say, I get, I think, like 30 subscribers to get a custom URL, and then I'll shut the fuck up. I'll literally, this part of the podcast will cease to exist. If you're listening to it on audio, make sure that you uh, give it a download. It helps the algorithm. And rate it if you're on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts to help. Share it with your friends, which is really cool. Tweet it out. You can tweet at me, at Old King Cake, on all the social medias. And make sure you follow Cam at Seahawk and follow all those amazing shows that he's producing. I want to thank our best friends, Isabel Wing, for the intro and Seth Feldman for the outro to our show. That's the all we have. Yeah, that's all. Fuck, doing so good. That's all the time we have for this week. So remember that your mom was your best friend at one point. So give her a call and we'll see you next week.